tuned in to Radio Renoviction on CKUT 90.3 FM in Giojage, Montreal. This radio series aims to gather and present human stories behind the wave of gentrification and renovictions. What is it like to live through such upheaval in one's personal and family life? And what solutions or avenues can give us hope? We will also bring you discussions and perspectives from activists and historians to deepen our understanding of the crisis of speculation currently plaguing our city. This week, we speak with Louise Burns, former sales director at CKUT, who was renovicted from her longtime home in Myland and now lives in Verdun. This interview was conducted by Carolyn Kunzley in September of 2022. I lived on uh, Waverly and St. Theater for decades. And in December 2017, right around Christmas time, actually, we all received a letter saying that the building had been bought by YK Realties and that they wanted everybody to leave the premises. They had started renovating. I mean, the building was probably bought previous to that and they started renovating some of the apartments that were empty and then doubled the rent. And uh, there were five and a half and so three students would be 
sharing those spaces in order to afford those rents. It would have been around 860 being paid prior to that. So it was definitely reasonable for a five and a half in that area, but it never was completely um, extraordinary for sure. And it, previous to that, it was like a family that had owned the building and the parents had died and so the daughters had been taking over it. And I was pretty much aware that they were not really signed up for that activity. <laughs> like I realized that, you know, being a building owner and doing the work of being a landlord was not something that they enjoyed doing. YK Realties is sort of like a numbered company that owns a whole lot of property and increasingly is buying up more property for these kind of largely to students housing. So they asked us not to disclose, <laughs> like basically not to talk to our neighbors, um, which we didn't agree to. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, we went and... Um, started to go to the various committees de logement and um, try and get an understanding of what recourse we had. And legally, we knew that we were entitled to three months rent and moving expenses. But what we focused on was what was the purpose of eviction and what the purpose was, according to the person representing YK Realties, was that they were going to take the two five and a halves that were beside each other and make them into a gigantic ten and a half, like bust the wall down. So we had many meetings in my kitchen, myself and a friend of mine who had a strong finance background and was a, both of us are pretty good negotiators, <laughs> to try and call their bluff, basically, quite adamantly. I mean, like posing practical questions like, what does that mean? There's two stairwells. Are you going to keep the two stairwells? You know, what, like, how is that beneficial? Who would want to, if you were a student, why would you want to live in a 10 and a half? Why would you want to live with more people? You know, just on and on, which was ridiculous because it wasn't about catching someone in a lie. It was sort of, we knew it was a lie. It was more kind of a contest of how far are you going to go? And they offered different people in the building different amounts of money, and they also offered different amounts of money depending upon the date that you went. For us, it was December 2017 that I received this official letter, and I moved April 2018. So if I got out, I was able to negotiate a larger sum of money. You know, at one point, we asked him to show architecture plans, which he brought because the person I was with had purchased a building and so was kind of aware of what you have to do if you're renovating a building. We were asking for these permits and asking for evidence that he was legitimately going to go through with what he was saying he was going to go through. And they had the kind of mechanism to produce those documents whether they were going to go through with them or not. And there was a lawyer that we consulted with, and they have said that it's not uncommon that they will get the permits and provide whatever legal documentation in order to win at the regie and then not go through with it. 
and then the impetus is on the person who's been evicted to challenge that after the fact. And that obviously is a gamble on their part because I think a lot of people don't because at that point you've resettled and you've possibly accepted money. And often the conditions of accepting money is not challenge it further down the line. That was sort of the impression that I had. And so largely, I mean, a, a big, big component is searching and finding a place because the uncertainty is very stressful, obviously. I mean, I think it's increasingly more stressful because the um, housing situation in terms of affordable housing is not getting any better. And the uh, searching was ridiculous and that would have been January, February, March 2018 and there was you know huge lineups to see overpriced tiny spaces. I found a space in Verdun which I accepted and then went home going like I don't <laughs> I don't even know how big it is like it was so nerve-wracking and I spent most of my time just talking to the landlord rather than actually looking at the space, you know, and other people were moving around looking at the space. So anyway, yes, that's the story. How much money did the landlord give you as a settlement amount? 15 grand, which is a lot. That's where my friend was very helpful, who was able to sort of calculate the number of years that I've been at the place, you know, had these different formulas of negotiation. I mean, I know the family at the bottom floor panicked and got two grand. My other neighbor whom I was in conversation with got 12, who was um, there for a shorter period of time than I was. So big differences in the amount. Like the family downstairs were just in such a panic about it all. It was a mother, daughter, and grandchild. So me saying you shouldn't have taken that $2,000 is not helpful. <laughs> they did it quickly. Like they kind of understood their legal, you know, the three months rent and moving expenses and whatever. I mean, the other reality is it's not pleasant to live in a space where your landlord's not amiable to you being there. So that's a pretty big motivation right there. And uh, I don't know. I mean, definitely gone by and definitely know that those renovations never happened. Maybe they're making a killing cramming in a whole bunch of students in these spaces. Maybe they're not, you know, because obviously the stability of a tenant that pays a rent on time <laughs> and agrees to the increases which are legally within the percentage of whatever is pretty hassle-free. Yeah. So where do you live now? What is that place like? It's a thousand square feet. Like there's a double front room. That is a bedroom. There's a back bedroom. There's a living room and a kitchen. And it is in Verdun. And I think I got one of the last cheap rents. It's like $1,010 a month, you know. What was it like to relocate from Myland to Verdun? big it's a big deal I mean I love Verdun Verdun is I love it yeah. but you know I came to work today I biked up two big ass hills <laughs> and that has cost me like in just in the sense of like if I do it a lot then I mess my knees up obviously in this job I used to 
go to a whole lot of concerts and things like that. And that was always within a very kind of safe, reasonable distance. But, you know, now I'm part of the brigade that has to be cognizant of the last metro, you know, like back to when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Huge amount of difference that way. But replaced by the river. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, yeah, it isn't close. Having gone through this experience, what would you advise somebody who was getting renovated to get the best result? I think it's a personal formula because the cost of that anxiety is very real. And so I wouldn't put on someone, take them to the regime, you know, because that's frankly insensitive, you know. I think the anybody who has the intestinal fortitude <laughs> to go in that route definitely should speak to their neighbors, try and organize collectively that way as much as possible, go to the neighborhood community de logement. I feel like what we need, like I don't think that my eviction is on any kind of statistic. You said something about 500 families being homeless because of rent evictions last year which is what, you know, someone told you. So we need to know this information, I think. Because I agreed, because I settled, that information perhaps is, is not included in any kind of, I'm not houseless, <laughs> I moved, you know. And so, but we need to have an accurate assessment of that so that we can put pressure, I think, on our city councillors to create legislation that will make what happened to me, which is... It's a different story. If I buy a house and I want to move in there, I mean, I, I feel like, especially after having been <laughs> evicted, people want the security of owning their own damn place. They don't want the threat of a landlord that could say, I'm going to flip the building because now Verdun's hot. That's awful to have to live with. And so I, I understand people wanting to buy their own spaces and move into their own spaces. But what happened to me was not that scenario. It was someone who was clearly strictly for profit buying up the building and intentionally to evict everyone and intentionally to double the rents and intentionally for strictly capitalist reasons. If that is allowed, then we're screwed. <laughs> Just cannot touch 
to be true And if you won't underestimate me i tell you what they are I said that Well, I, I won't underestimate you Now I am joined by CKUT host and ARC Montreal director, Louis Ristelli. So Louis, can you tell us, uh, what situation does Louise Burns' experience fall into? Well, in all the different flavors of renovation, one of the classics is intimidation by the landlord by sending in workers, doing disruptive kind of construction, you know, hinting and claiming the big plans are ahead for the building. So it's kind of a classic uh, intimidation piece in in, in hopes that they can just sign a deal uh, and, uh, you know, buy out the uh, tenant. One of the things that I found important in what Louise, how Louise reacted was um, meeting with the neighbors and keeping in contact with the neighbors. Uh, The solidarity um, that they expressed no doubt led to the uh, settlements that uh, many of the tenants got. There's definitely a very often, if you're talking about a classic triplex in the Mile End, for example, that is Louise's case, uh, most of the time the landlord is going to be targeting all the existing tenants. Sometimes there's already an empty apartment where somebody took a, took a buyout and they're already gone, but most of the time they're trying to get all of the tenants out. If, and if it is a real proper full-out renovation of the entire building, Uh, it can be justified to ask that everybody has to leave. Um, But more often than not, they're just trying to get everybody out with the same pretext, uh, whether they end up doing the work or not. But it's definitely important, uh, given that, to connect with the uh, other neighbors, you know, share the stories, what are you getting in the mail, what did you get in the mail, and, you know, maybe meet together. Uh, Most of the time as well, it would be a single building permit and a single set of plans for the whole building that the... um, landlord would be submitting to the uh, borough. So it would be important then to to ask the borough for those plans um, to see that they're actually in process and it's not just uh, um, a threat on the part of the landlord. Well, there's two things. Sometimes plans are are given or copies of plans are shown or given to the tenants as part of the intimidation. Um, They might just look like big, fancy uh, renovation uh, projects. Uh, but they may have not already sent it to the to the borough to get a permit for this work. Uh, one thing that's important is to, to you know, if they, you are offered these plans, give them a good look. Try to go to your comité de logement or another resource uh, to see what kind of renovation is this. If they're just trying to do cosmetic renovations, change the bathroom, move the kitchen, new kitchen counter, none of that is supposed to result in eviction. Um, major work as well can be quite restricted. They're not allowed to combine apartments into one or separate apartments into different ones uh, and then say you have to be evicted. Those are for the most part not allowed. They might say they're expanding or enlarging the apartment to the point where it's a whole other apartment and so therefore you have to go. That's the more most common justification that is uh, accepted by the, re- the tribunal to uh, allow an eviction to proceed. But let's be honest, the age of the apartments and the buildings that uh, that are in question uh, most of the time, they don't have a whole lot of extra space or room uh, to go and expand substantially uh, the building. So very often that can also be uh, contested. However, the really most important thing that I think everybody should understand is to try to not get to the point where the um, landlord has a building permit from the borough that justifies this work. And that is because once, if you do end up getting an eviction notice that you can test at the tribunal, and then you show up at the tribunal, the tribunal is run by the province, and if the landlord shows up with a municipal building permit, 
there's an issue of the province not wanting to interfere or intercede. They do not have the power to cancel a building permit with the borough. So, so what, what happens? So, if the landlord, if you know, you take a settlement. Um, f- well, I, I guess there's two different situations. We take a settlement, uh, and then the the landlord doesn't do the uh, work that was justifying the eviction. Or what if um, the regie asks you to leave, and uh, based on on the work that the landlord plans on doing, and then doesn't do that work? Um, what 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 recourse does do tenants or former tenants have in that case? Well, it's actually called recourse or recours, a demande de recours at the tribunal. Whether you took a buyout or not, you could have taken a $50,000 buyout, which I don't think any landlord's ever offered anybody, but let's just say, for example, you took a big fat buyout, they gave you tons of warming, warning, they paid for your move, uh, you ended up actually not having such a bad year with this big buyout, and you find out they actually did not do exactly what they said. Uh, they, let's say they claim to expand to add an extra room in the back, and they kind of didn't. They just kind of, you know, uh, made it prettier. Um, whether you took a buyout or not, if you go back and you find out a year later, two years later, uh, you have up to three years to go and ex- find out that the work was not done as planned. You can o- go to the tribunal and open a request for a recall, a recourse, um, which is a basically a process of uh, presenting your case to the tribunal that, that you were evicted or you took a buyout. Uh, because of these renovations and you have proof that they were not quite done the way they were, you can then um, uh, apply and the tribunal will, will, will listen to your arguments and then see if they uh, add a penalty and force the landlord to give you uh, an extra amount. But you wouldn't get your apartment back. Unfortunately, the things have really, I mean, there's a few reasons. It's kind of complicated. There used to be a sentiment your, your classic major renovations in the past, uh, which most landlords did not undertake, uh, meant that you know, it's, you're due to replace the bathroom or do some plumbing work. Um, there was always this notion that a tenant was able to come back. Um, and well, that's partly why we're not really seeing that kind of minor renovation case anymore. They're, they're bringing out things that are quite major because they don't want you to have to come back. Um, but once you've actually taken a buyout and left, or you lost the case of eviction and you left... Um, you know, more often than not, they have actually re-rented to a new tenant at a higher price, or they maybe have actually sold the building or sold that apartment as a condo. It's just no longer possible to argue to get that kind of compensation of being invited back or, or being set up in another apartment. And as always, register your former rent on the Registre de Loyer, one of the two. There's two Registre de Loyers now. Um, put your old rent in both of those after you're forced out of your apartment. That will help the next people coming along. And that's the way we show solidarity. We definitely need to get more information out there. The landlords are using our information as far as people who go to the regie and stuff like that against us. And we can uh, certainly use information as a part of this battle. Uh, at the very least, we'll be able to document uh, where the rents were before this uh, ongoing wave of rent evictions is, is, is taking us to a much more expensive city. Well, thank you so much for this, Louis. Thank you.
This brings us to the end of the inaugural episode of Radio Renoviction. My name is Clara Swan Kennedy, and the music we featured today was Laurel Aitken with Landlords and Tenants, and Janice Joplin with Dear Landlord, and Coco Rosie with Not For Sale. Thanks to Louise Burns for sharing her story, to CKUT and Jack Solar for finding us some space to air our reports, and to our listeners for supporting CKUT. Captain Beefheart takes us out today with a track called My Head is My Only House Unless It Rains. Please come back next month for the next episode of Radio Renoviction. If it's too far to walk to you If a train don't go there I'll get a jet or a bus Cause I'm gonna find you You're gonna see my shadow soon around you In my head is my only house Unless it rains I've walked the metal plains while the deserts are my eyes until I find you I won't sleep until I find you I won't eat until I find you My heart won't beat until I wrap my arms around you In my head is my only house unless it